Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics Podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. And today, as is always the case, we have another fabulous show with another fabulous guest. And we're very excited to have us uh, joining us today is Kevin Belmonte, the captain of our men's soccer team. Kevin, it's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be on here with you guys. So thank you guys. Well, we always enjoy having our student athletes uh, on our show and uh, getting a different perspective. Uh, you've got quite a history, as a matter of fact. You did not start at Westcliff, is that right? You started at a different college. Yeah, um, I was actually a transfer um, from Vanguard University, um, also an NIA uh, school. Mm-hmm. Um, the GSEC uh, conference. Yep, they're in our backyard. They're one city over. What brought you to Westcliff? Um, well, honestly, um, it wasn't really in my plans um, to to pursue school. Um, so um, when I got to Vanguard, it was honestly like a, a blessing in disguise because um, I got in and was able to, to follow my education. Um, so then when I got there for... My freshman and sophomore years, um, I played, um, I started, and um, one thing led to another, and I got an opportunity to play um, abroad in Spain to try to pursue professionally. Um, I played there for a year, um, and then um, it ended up, I got an injury um, up there, so I came back, so I was like, what am I going to do now, like back here in the U.S.? So luckily I got the opportunity, um, Joey and, um, coach Ivan, uh, hit me up and was like, yeah, we'd love to have you here. Um, and I just fell in love with the school and, and everything's history from there. Nice. Yeah. 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 Hey, look, I'm a Vanguard transfer myself, so don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> hmm. Um, you know, you said you, you played in Spain. How long were you over there? Uh, just a year, like, okay. uh, nine, nine to eight months. And what team were you playing with? Uh, I was playing with uh, a club called uh, CD uh, Almuñecar City. It's in the southern part of Spain. Uh, did you enjoy your time over there? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, the culture over there in Spain is is amazing. Uh, the football or, like, soccer that they play there is at another level. Um, Got to play with lots of professionals that are on and playing in Europe and U.S. So it was a great exposure for me to to experience that high a level um, at such an early age. Mm-hmm. And um, did you adapt quickly to the Spanish culture? As an example, they eat dinner at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. There, it was a huge uh, culture shock uh, for me. So um, in my like area that I was uh, living in, it was a very, 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 like, um, how do I say this? Uh, culturally, like, olden times or i don't know like it's people were very very, very traditional yeah very 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 traditional okay. um, you mean they, they were old as as shermet i knew you were gonna say that yeah okay. okay i might be the oldest one on this podcast right now okay no no no, yeah. no. they're Kinda definitely <laughs> they're definitely older I, my mr mr shermet was was very mr shermet <laughs> great follow-up kevin oh my god great follow-up 
No, that's just that's a just sign. Been, that's a sign of respect, calling somebody. from now it, on. It is, but but here's the deal. It's also a sign when you know you're getting old. When, <laughs> when, 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 that, when that generation starts putting the mister in front of you, you're like, damn. I officially crossed uh, over. No, no, no disrespect, but <laughs> no, um, of course, Kevin. Here, here, from here on out, just call me Coach, please. Okay, okay, okay. you got a coach. <laughs> but uh, call me Mister yeah. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, um, just the the different uh, food that they eat there is uh very very different. I'm Hispanic, so I'm Mexican, so the Spanish wasn't too hard. Um. Are you multilingual? You speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak oh, Spanish. Oh, that, that must have made it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. It was. It, it made it a lot easier, the transition. But um, they have, like, these nap times, they call it there. And yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and they close, like, everything, all the shops, like, like stores to eat food, you know, like, from 2 to 5 every mm -hmm. single day. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, man, I'm, I'm ready for lunch at 2 to 5 <laughs> after practices and stuff, so. It's hard. It was hard um, for a while, but um, I got used to it after like a month or so. Okay. Um, tell me, tell me something. How does the level of play and the style of play differ in Europe from the United States? What did you discover? Um, in Europe, it's a lot of just technique and moving the ball side to side. Um, here in uh, like at least in the in the college realm is very direct very counterattack, going back and forth defense offense and uh in europe it's more of like keep the ball um, ball control yeah ball control keep it for for as long as you have and just break down the other team completely but um what i really enjoy is that joey also incorporates kind of like a european style um to westcliff as well so uh -huh. um it was even easier for for me and him um, starting up the the soccer program because we wanted to incorporate like playing out of the back um, and all of Joey's like philosophies really mirrored mirrored the philosophies that I was playing in uh, mm -hmm. in Spain. Okay, and what position did they have you playing? Um, I was actually playing the the sixth midfield, um, okay. so uh, center defensive mid. Okay, um, so you you must be really fast. Uh, I'm I'm decently moderately fast. I wouldn't say I'm the fastest. I wouldn't say I'm the slowest. But uh, if I need to to sprint to a ball, I'm pretty sure I'll get there. Kevin, nice. He, Kevin's and being real modest, sure, because he has too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you because, can tell. You know, he was all freeway league. He was rookie of the year. He was most valuable attacking player. Like this guy got a resume here. He's playing. He's mm. he, you know. And and here's the deal. You know, when he said that. It was nappy time over there in Spain. You know, that's what old folks do. They take naps just any time of the day. But I know that you said you was hungry, so your favorite food is tacos. So I know you was trying to figure out where you could eat. Did you did you find some great tacos over there? No. In no. fact, they have no, no, no Mexican food. Actually, uh, so I was in the southern part of Spain, and I went like eight months, eight, nine months with no Mexican food. And oh so my gosh! I took a trip. I took a trip to to Madrid, and it was like the one and the only taco spot, like in all of Spain. So it was good to to finally eat some traditional Mexican food when I got there. But mm. like they they're very uh, they don't have that much spice 
and like my whole culture is just eating with a lot of spice so right right sure i just brought that up because you know if you eat good you play good you know oh, yeah. so i know <laughs> you know and being a top-notch athlete like he is i just wanted to make sure he was satisfied but it sounds like to me you had some hurdles personally also to conquer just not the game and the technical side of it but it was just a whirlwind you oh know, yeah and then uh, whirlwind. yeah and like missing your family um for, for such a long time, not being able to see, to see them. So it was uh, it was good though, but um, I overcame the, the obstacles and uh, got to experience a, a very, very experience that I'm gonna hold dearly in my, my heart for the rest of my life. Yeah, I can relate to you because every day with Sherm, I gotta over, you know, overcome obstacles. <laughs> you got, you got hurdles to overcome? Yeah, yeah, yeah every day. of course you do. But Sherm will clue you back in all, all of that for sure. But we, we, we definitely <laughs> um, enjoy having you here being one of our captains leading our team. Sherman, what do you think about him? Just an outstanding young man here. Yeah, you know, that we look for great athletes with superior character. Oh, I should also throw coaches in there as well, who can establish an exceptional culture while making a tremendous impact in the community by being fully committed to excellence, which will translate to championships. And Kevin is the epitome of that. You know, he's, he's a good student. He's well-rounded. He's well-traveled. He's a good player. And he's a team leader. I mean, that that's the epitome of the five C's. So, you know, we're we're very lucky to have you. Um, you know what, Kevin, let me ask you. Before you went to Spain to play, had you been to Spain prior? Had you ever been there? Or was your first experience there when you went there to play soccer? Yeah, so it was actually my first time um, in Spain, in Europe, um, okay. for the first time when I was 19 um, okay. at that time. Um, but I was traveling a lot um, in my youth soccer career. Um, I think when, until I was like 15, 16, I started traveling a, a whole lot. So I've been to most parts or more, many of the states here in the, in the U.S. And uh, I've been to Canada and Mexico to play as well. Okay. Now, the reason I ask is because when you sit down in a place for the first time, uh, there is quite a culture shock especially, you know, if it's not North America uh, and you go over to Europe and, and everything's different. Now, you had the advantage of the language, of course, but, you know, getting around, you had to find your way around and, and getting lost and getting used to local customs and and uh, the way they drive. Do they drive on the same side of the road you're used to? You know, little things like that. So when you all of a sudden you step off the plane and it's all different, the climate might be different. You know, uh, all of a sudden you're around others who are your age and older. Correct. Were you playing with guys? older? Yeah. So most of the time, you know, when you're 17, 18, 19, you're playing with guys that are younger than you. And now all of a sudden you're thrust into a world where you're playing with guys that are older than you who might be bigger, stronger, faster. And it's up to you to keep up with them. Did you notice that your game went to a different level when you played with different, with higher level competition? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like that's the only way to grow as an individual and being put in situations where you're uncomfortable in. Um, and that's what makes you break out of your comfort zone. Um, that's what happened to me there in Spain. I was able to go in a situation that I've never been before in a professional atmosphere in a, uh, in, in a place where like people like this is their dream you know this is what they they have like they're eating from this like it's it's their job to to play soccer and going in there um, was 
a little difficult, you know, like it's like practice is like 7 a.m. in the morning. You got to you once you're there, like you're switched on, like it's a different mentality. Like, yeah, you got teammates, but it's like everybody wants to strive to be 100 percent. Everything's 100 miles per hour every single day. And there's like not a second that you can take off um, once you're there. So, mm, OK. Yeah, it, it, as you say, it's a, a different world. And you did you know any of your teammates before you arrived? Uh, luckily, I knew two of them. Um, ah, okay. It was uh, we got there at the exact same time. Um, it was actually a goalkeeper named Brandon Gomez. I also played with him at Vanguard. Uh, I played uh, in a semi-professional team here with him. Um, so um, our coach was able to um, get us both um, on that team. Uh, when we went together so it was nice to at least have one one friend that I that I played with for yeah. I'd say about uh, three three years so good so there was a comfort level a little bit when you got there yeah exactly there was a there was definitely a little bit of, of security of uh, at least knowing one person but no as soon as I got there I made lots of friends um, that I still keep in contact today with um, so it was it was nice. Nice. What's that, Sean? No, I was gonna say, you know, um, with your 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 whole attitude and approach to the game, I know that you really believe that success doesn't come without hard work. So I knew you was gonna make a mark anywhere you go. And then secondly, I know you enjoy rooting for Barcelona. So you got to take some of that in while you was over there as well. Uh, how was that experience? Uh, it was nice. Uh, yeah. Um, and being able to, to, to play a, a couple teams that have, have played against Barcelona. Um, so we, we played this, uh, second B team, uh, in La Liga and we actually, uh, won one zero with my, with my goal. Uh, so I could say like, I, I've scored against the highest level of professional teams, uh, in Spain that I've played against Barcelona. So um, it was very, very nice experience um, being exposed to that, that kind of level there. Hmm. Yeah, I know you soaked it in. Uh, you know, Sherm, just real quick so the listeners will know that, you know, he got some more ties, not just, you know, with me. You know, I've been in Vanguard. I was over there for a while coaching. But our SID's dad, right, Randy Dodge, is the, is the soccer coach over there. You had a chance to, to play under him. And he he's a tremendous coach, and his son is a tremendous SID. So you just went from one generation to another here, you know, putting up stats too. You you, you balled out you know, everywhere you go. You ball out, and, and we enjoy that. But Sherman, what I wanted to tie in was, it's nothing like going overseas, right, and getting that experience. Mm -hmm. So now, you're you're not only an, a U.S. player, but you're an international player as well, and we're looking forward to at some point getting over uh, after COVID, trying to make some trips back over, you know, to to Spain and different places so we can get that um, experience. And what I wanted to know is how have, you, how have you used your experiences to help you as a captain at Westcliff? So it, I feel like it's uh, helped me tremendously, um, our team is half foreigners with about like maybe even more foreigners than there are um, U.S. residents. 
Um, so having that European connection with my teammates that are coming over there, I have the Latin connection that I, with my teammates that are coming from Latin America. Um, so I'm overall like just connecting with everybody, um, whether it be um, like football in, in, in Europe or the language barrier with uh, my other teammates, I'm able to connect to them in a different level than if I wasn't able to play in Europe or um, speak Spanish to them um, to um, push them um, in any way that I can. Hmm. Now you were, you're a captain, right? Yes. Okay. Was that because the team voted you a captain? Uh, no. So, um, I was actually selected captain, uh, the first game against Vanguard university, uh, and coach Joey, um, picked, picked the captains, Joey, yeah. uh, Joe, uh, um glover and josh myself. glover yeah, yeah josh, josh was the he was the keeper right yeah josh right was and and you know in a first year program coach o'keefe was unbelievable what what was your men's team record uh i don't know on the top of my head i know um we only lost like one game yeah exactly the women's team too and he he over was overseeing the women's uh side until he got coach lancaster but yeah. you know what he did in the first year and, and you know you've got to pick you got to get two leaders right away, right away to help establish that culture. And he's great. He's got a good eye. And, and obviously he got the two right guys. He put you and, and Josh up there uh, to be the leader. Did, did you think that that was the right spot for you? Do you think you were ready to be the captain and lead a brand new program with all these guys who didn't know each other coming together for the first time? Yeah. Um, I felt like, um, through my life experiences, I felt like I, I, w I was ready. And uh, it just felt like perfect timing. Uh, I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be captain. Uh, I wanted to take that role. I know a lot of people, um, they don't really like, um, like talking to the players or taking on extra responsibilities. Um, but I honestly, and that's what I crave, you know, I've always been a leader on the field. Um, so I just felt like it was perfect um, for, for me and the yep. program. You seem to be in the right place at the right time, very comfortable in that role, uh, a team leader. And, you know, that your record that first year was just unbelievable. So, I mean, it was all positive. Everything was positive about that year. I, I even went to that Vanguard game. I remember watching you all play and a few other games in our stadium as well. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you guys play an exciting brand of soccer. Mm -hmm. Sorry, football. <laughs> make sure I got to get it right. Yeah. Um, you graduate this year. Is that right? Yes, I do. Okay. In what, uh, what's your major? Um, business. Um, okay. All right. So after you, after graduation, what are your plans? So my plans, uh, I'm getting my real estate license, um, and then going into real estate with my father. Okay. Um, he's been a broker for over 35 years. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So uh, I plan on doing that for a couple of years until um, I have enough money to open up my own companies. Um, so, okay. Okay. Can, yeah, it's my my construction companies. But yeah, um, the, it's pretty sure. I, like I'm unaware. You know, obviously the dream is to go pro. You know, after college. But um, uh, I, I'm I'm honestly I don't know um, where the plans are headed at this. Okay. But, but you know does that take priority if you have the opportunity to play uh after college wherever that is at, at any professional level you'll take that is what you're saying right 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, whatever, whatever I feel is best in the, the situation that I am. Um, so if it, if it means that I, I go play soccer, um, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, that's my dream, obviously. But um, whatever, whatever God decides, it's in my path. Uh, uh, that's where I'm going to lean toward uh, and just pursue to be nice. greatest in whatever I do. Nice. Um, okay, so here's my other question. Do you make your home permanently in Southern California? Uh, yeah, so I love SoCal. I've, I've, like I said, I traveled to many states. Uh, there's no, nothing like, like SoCal, uh, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you, if you choose to go into business um, and uh, you're going to, you're going to stay here in Southern California. Yes, definitely. Excellent. Okay. Now something else that uh, a lot of our listeners don't know, we have something called the student athlete advisory committee or SAC and you are involved with the SAC. Is that right? You're on that committee. Yeah, I was on it. Um, my junior year last year. Um, okay. And what does that do? Uh, explain for our listeners what the SAC actually does. So the um, SAC is like a, a group of student athletes that um, are kind of leaders uh, of each team uh, that we have there. And we come together um, and we talk to our administration about um, what we need to improve, whether it's, let's say, um, it's the grades on our teams. Like, what are we going to do to improve those? Um, what are we going to, what do we need in athletically, like in the trainer room, what do we need um, to make student life better? Like um, I know one time we had this uh, like um, welcoming home or, or like homecoming kind of almost uh, for the student athletes in the, in the weight room. Uh, and we had this nice, like, cheer presentation introducing all the the fall sports all the winter sports um and it's nice to to get all the, the people together in one place to make a good uh student experience uh for for everybody hmm. okay so you're not only the captain of your team but you're the liaison uh and the voice to promote to our athletic administration, what needs to happen from the student level. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Very nice. Well, you know, um, you seem to be a really well-rounded guy. You're into, you're interested in business. You're a good athlete. You're a good student. Um, did you, let me ask you real quickly. Um, are you originally from California or were you born some, somewhere else? No. Yeah. I, I was born uh, here in California, okay. Santa Fe Springs, uh, and then right. uh, moved to Fullerton, California. Okay. Cause I'm a native Californian too. And I've done a lot of traveling and I'm just as you are. Um, I'm born and raised here and I've been all over the place, but I always come back to Southern California. This is home for me. So today, you know, it's going to be 74 and sunny here. So we've got, <laughs> you know, we've got a quite an advantage, but I imagine it's, it's going to obviously cool in other places. So um, ultimately for you, if you had the chance after college to do anything you wanted to do, what would be that thing for you? What would be the ultimate thing for you? I would imagine to play professionally, but is that the case? Is that what you want to do? Play professionally? Yeah. I mean, if that, if that's what I, what I dreamt of as a little kid, you know, I would love to do that. Okay. Um, and just, Here, would you rather be in Europe or would you rather be in the United States or South America or somewhere else? Cause you know, soccer is crazy in some parts of the world. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. So, um, I mean, 
of course, I would love to play in Europe at the highest level. Um, but also, I would I would also like to to play here in the MLS. Um, it's a growing league, I feel like. And um, one of the my favorite teams, LAFC. Um, I w- I mean, that would be a dream to play there. Just stay here in LA and SoCal playing. Uh, I feel like in the best MLS team. Yeah. But um, if you had an opportunity to go somewhere like, oh, maybe Mexican League or South America, because, you know, Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay. And, oh, oh, my gosh. Football is king down there. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You would take it, though, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Definitely. What about the Premier League? Oh, uh, yeah. That's my favorite league to watch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I have to ask you this. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. No, I haven't. You have not. It's okay. Funny. So funny. It is not Classic. just, it's not just funny, but you know, it's, it's unexpected. He might be Jason Sudeikis plays a, 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 a college football coach who leaves the United States, goes to England and takes over running, managing, coaching one of the EPL teams, one of the English premier league teams. Yeah. And yeah. And he doesn't know a thing about soccer. Oh, yeah Nothing it's on wrong. yeah it's it's on uh apple plus i think and right. yeah it's on apple tv if you have a chance to check it out there's only one season he, he won the the uh award for it i believe uh jason sudeikis it, it's great because it has a lot to do with soccer and the workings of soccer in the uh english premier league okay. look look for ted lasso i think you'd really enjoy that and, and it's a great low-key leadership movie as well. and that is that's the other thing you know yeah. sean when i yeah. when i watched it uh i i wonder in my in some of my situations what would ted lasso do in this situation and as i'm watching it and all his leadership abilities this is the honest truth i think how it relates to westcliff and what you would say about the way he's handling his uh, his leadership because he doesn't know anything about soccer he's just applying leadership principles and it, it could be to any sport that he's doing it. He just happens to be uh, running a soccer club at the time. And, you know, I think about the leadership of it and, and you know, and, and the way that you're trying to instill leadership in us and, and run the athletic department. And it, it really resonates with me that I was just really blown away by that by that first season. I, I enjoyed it as well. And it looks like, Kevin, you have a lot of great things going on. And, and I, I can only imagine how proud your dad is, especially um, that's, you know, I'm a dad as well. And you just try to put everything you can into your kids and to allow them to, to do all the things they want to do on their heart, all those sacrifices. And I know you appreciate that. And you have plans of being, you know, a real estate agent and, and giving back. And, and I know that's important to you. I, I get that. I can see that connection without you even saying anything. But I will tell you in a heartbeat, okay, you got my word on this. If you want to stay at Westcliff and be a GA and and keep training while you're doing all those great things, um, I have no problem with, with extending that offer to you. Awesome, thank you. I, I appreciate it so much. Um, definitely, we we'll talk about that if if that's in my plans as well. Well, I'm hoping you on the field doing your thing, but but it is also online, so you can kind of figure out both. <laughs> so I'm gonna challenge you to figure out how to how to get both done. Awesome. Do that way all these things can connect for you because I understand, like, I want you to, to get out there and and go chase it. Because I think uh, number one, you deserve it. And number two, you're capable of it. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime you can lead your team and be a part of Westcliff in these five C's and and represent in the capacity that you have is, 
no doubt uh, any hurdles you're going to jump over. Thank so you. Thank I appreciate what you bring to the table. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that is Kevin Belmonte, who is uh, not just the captain of our men's soccer team, but a, te- a student leader around the campus, uh, a worldwide traveler, successful everywhere he's going, graduating this spring. Kevin, thanks for coming on with us. Boy, you're, you're absolutely delight to, uh, to have on. We're going to keep an eye on you and your future because that is really bright. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Uh, appreciate everything um, you guys have done. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Pleasure is ours. And uh Hopefully, uh, somewhere down the line, you'll come back and do this again. Of course, of course. He All might right. be in Hollywood, sure, because he's <laughs> yeah. a handsome dude. He's got it. He's got it going <clears throat> on. He he's he he's, does. He, um, it's unbelievable. There's just no downside to this guy. Man, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what we can do. I feel you know, uneasy right now, sure. I got a man crusher here on Zoom. <laughs> I'm How you look this good this early in the morning? I'm trying to figure it out. It's funny. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I kind of feel I the same way, man. Yeah. I know. Man, push I you out of your comfort zone. I know, but he's he. he uh, what a great guy. Uh, you know all in all facets, totally well-rounded. That's why we could talk about anything with him and he's got a great answer for everything. It's, it's, it's really a pleasure. Thanks, Thank Kevin. All right. Thank you, guys. you have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. You guys will as well. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you. Bye-bye. All right, Sean, as we continue on, I've got a couple of fast facts for you. And one really cool thing that just broke this morning. I don't know if you're familiar with the name Maya Shaka, but she was just named today the first ever black female referee in the NFL. Wow. It was all over ESPN. Yeah, quite a breakthrough, as a matter of fact. She's actually been working with the NFL for about seven years, but she just got named a full referee today, Maya Shaka. Keep an eye out for her. She's been mostly doing college games, but she's been working on and off with the NFL. She finally is full-time with the NFL, first black female referee, which is very cool. So I wanted to make sure that we brought that up at today's podcast. No, that's a, that's awesome, Sherm. I mean, especially, you know, with this month being Women's History Month, that's history. Absolutely. That's and history. That, the, you know, when you're the first to do something, that's mm. just cool. Because <laughs> you're always going to be the first person to ever do it. You know, Sherm, so I, just... I've been the last a lot of times, but I don't think I've ever been the first to do anything. <laughs> I need to look look that up, but I know I've been the last a couple of times. I know, but you're the first person to steer us in the direction we're headed. Man, I appreciate at that. Westcliff. I appreciate it's true. That. Nope, Maybe that's nobody my else only took first. up that. Nobody else took up that mantle, but you did. All right, uh, a couple of quick fast facts. Um, in 1935, this is cool. Jesse Owens set a new world record for the 100-yard dash, the long jump, the 220-yard dash, and the 220 low hurdles. He did it in under 45 minutes, mm. set four world records. No one in track and field history has even come close to that. Now, there are, some of those have obviously been broken, but nobody was the athlete that Jesse Owens was. No, and nobody. In, right. And in a time during the war, obviously, when, you know, he uh, he wasn't celebrated as much as he should have sure, been. Sure, why don't you just go ahead and say it? You know, it was a time where African-Americans wasn't, no, couldn't do nothing, man. It was tough. Just saying. Yeah, he had, and he had personal yeah. hurdles to get over just from a social standpoint, right? Not even from, you know, being an athlete, right? Right. But, you know, uh, as well, when he ran in the Olympics, they were in Berlin. Mm. And that's, and, you know, Hitler was in the box. Man, and, it was uh, tough. He, and, 
Jesse Jesse Owens was everything opposite from what the at the time uh, they stood for in Germany. And so when he won all of these events, you know, you had it was time to finally recognize that, you know, there there's a more of a level playing field. There are better athletes out there. You know, it was just time to say, which is why he didn't get enough recognition because of the time of his era. Because he was one of the first, you know, again, if you're the first one to do that, you're always part of history. But, you know, is it just we we don't we can't forget people that were setting records and, and starting new trends and breakthroughs 80, 100 years ago. You know, it, it just I, I Martin Luther King as a great example, 50 years from now, hopefully his legacy will extend that far. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I just hope because the people that were alive when he was alive will eventually no longer be with us. So how long is his legacy going to extend? Um, I, I hope it's, forever. It's, it's our you know? obligation, right? You know, my, my, my son says two things that he lived by, right? My son, Deshaun Harris, he says he lives by purpose and obligation, right? So yep. Th- yep. those are two great things to live by. So we're obligated to make sure – the Jesse Owens of the world, you know, James, if you know him personally, you know, you know, we, we, Martin Luther King, you know, different things of this nature, like today's uh, major event that's happening. You know, these are door, you know, just shattering the doors for everyone else. I mean, when you're the pioneer, you endure everything. Uh, we talked about 42 doing the same thing in baseball, right? Ex- so yeah, exactly. it's, it's amazing, example. right? Um, the, perseverance you have to have i mean the stick to the you know mm-hmm. just energy to keep going when you don't have anybody rooting in your corner you know and and and, and maybe they did you know privately but we, you need affirmation from a public standpoint as well right so you know my hat goes off to to all the pioneers you know mm-hmm. and, and i was just oh. thinking when i said yeah. sure i haven't did anything first but if I pin on this PhD, that'd be the first person in my family and all the generations to ever, you know, have a PhD. So as I'm finishing up this program, I guess that would be a historic thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't and, say if, just yeah, say when. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. If God keeps me around long enough, right? And um, mm-hmm. the, the great thing about that is that I was able to double down and my son Deshaun is in his PhD program. So maybe we can get the... A double hitter, you know. what I'm saying maybe we can get what? get the you know the inside the uh, the park home run on this thing. That, so that'd be pretty cool to to um, both of you get your doctorate at the same time. Right, that would be pretty special. Right, but yeah. you know, and going mm-hmm. and going, you know, back and looking at you know uh, Jesse Owens. I mean, I can only imagine the times in the 30s. Right, he won this in 36 um, Olympic Games. I can only imagine. I mean. You're not far removed from the Great Depression, man. You know, it's like, you know, the world is True. different, man. It's just really, really crazy, man, to even mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. that, you know, where was the opportunity coming for him? I mean, I'm sure he didn't have access to the fields that track and field athletes have today or the sport science or the sport medicine. Man, he was just, he was naturally gifted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were some great athletes back then. Jim Thorpe, another one of Native American descent, you know, and, right. and probably looked at differently because of his history. Jesse Owens as well. Yeah. And, you know, Jesse Owens, you know, I we're getting into a different 
topic here, but um, you know, when you say the word athlete, I don't. I think of an athlete like a Bo Jackson yeah, or or prime, or prime time who can excel in multiple sports, not just one. You know, you you could say that Tom Brady might. You know, I don't know if he's the greatest of all time. He's not a great athlete. He was a great football player. But, you know, he doesn't run particularly well. He doesn't jump particularly high. But you get someone like Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders or, you know, as I say, that to me is an athlete, somebody who can run fast, somebody who can jump high, can play all the sports and play them well. So, you know, Jesse Owens was one of those guys who could, one of those men who could compete in a variety of different events and win them all and set world records in every one of them. Wow. The, so what do you say, me, the greatest 45 minutes ever in sports? Yeah. Ever set four world records in forty-five minutes? Absolutely, no one's done that. With no recovery, not in any sport. Hey, he didn't even have yeah, boat. He didn't even have boat twenty-four. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even have no recovery back in the day, right? He didn't even have true. Gatorade back in the day, right? That's I mean, true. Or the or the same equipment, right? You know, it, it just things were very different. Technique was different. Uh, I'm sure he didn't lift a lot of weights. You know, he just no. didn't have uh, didn't have access. So, you know, it just it it hats off to to the pioneers, as you're saying. Yeah. Now, you know what I want to. What what's that? Keep going. No, I, I I'm just saying I agree with you, Sherman. I appreciate you bringing this to the spotlight. So thank you. Well, we need to we need to do that more often. Now, on a lighter note, and I'm sorry to go from something so serious to something so silly, but I found this, and I thought I had to share it because of fast facts. The most often played sport in nudist colonies is volleyball. <laughs> so I got to get in, now. Now here's the thing. I would have thought it was ring toss. Mm. Let the visuals hey. sink in. Wow. Or leapfrog or leapfrog at the very least. But it's volleyball, so I gotta have a I gotta have a talk with Coach Ma, with Mike Ma. Now, now, our volleyball team. Uh, you know Kenny Ma, sorry. Kenny Ma. Yeah. Uh, are we <laughs> this ain't beach, is it? This is indoor? Because it can get really bad. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know the visual. I can't I'm just see it now. How many digs was going on in that place? Uh uh. <laughs> Don't know. Can you know. can you dig the hey, ball? I got next. I got next. Man, <laughs> you know, because the only the only thing they're wearing are, are shoes. Mm. I, I think that's probably that and a smile. There's a but, lot of things, you know, bouncing around. That's all I'm saying. That's all yeah, I can say all, about that. That's funny. Okay, way, way to right, set so, me up there, Sherm. Way to set me up. <laughs> sorry, I don't sorry think I can continue. That. I think my visual is. I, I don't even know what's <laughs> going on. I'm, you know, I'm just hoping my you know, I, deposit I, come next week. I, That's all I'm asking. I, I checked with Brandon before we started this podcast, and he said, yeah, run with it. So I'm, I'm leaving it on so, Brandon's so B, doorstep. So, so it's B's fault, right? So, Absolutely. But I ran across that, and I thought we got to, you know, like the all sauna team. We had mm. a, There used to be a sauna world championship, nude volleyball. We, we so, need to have the greatest uh, sports that no one heard of of all time. Yeah, and I, I think this makes the list. Sure. This does. I think I got to get in touch with Coach Ma and talk to him. I, now I can tell I, you, here, we won't have that in Westcliff. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> we won't, okay. Yeah, we, we won't be participating. We're going to opt out of that. That's what I'm saying. We're opting out. <laughs> That's awesome. Very funny. All right. So, you know what? We've got one other topic I want to discuss with you today because this was brand spanking new. And I always say it's in your wheelhouse. And I already think I know your position on this, but we have a lot to talk about where this is concerned because you and I might have a difference of opinion. Let me read you the headline. Overtime Elite Pro Basketball League launching in September will compensate high school age players. Did you see this story? I didn't. This is breaking news okay. for me. 
Okay. Short form video content company Overtime announced Thursday that it is launching a professional basketball league that will compensate high school age players in hopes of funneling elite talent away from playing both high school and collegiate basketball in which players are prohibited from being compensated. They will launch the league probably in September, targeting top-ranked players ages 16 to 18 who are willing to forfeit their remaining high school eligibility and future college eligibility to earn six figures. It is a guaranteed $100,000 salary. Mm. What do you think of that? Well, the first thing I think is they're already doing this overseas anyway. So... Okay. You can okay. be a professional playing basketball, I think, as early as 14. Yeah, 16 but, you in know, some areas. You know, Luka Doncic, as an example, right. you know, he, he was a star. Yeah, he was and a star Tony by the Parker time he was 18. Right. But this is a league specifically for that age. It doesn't mean you're 18 playing in a professional league with guys that are older than you. Oh, these okay. are all. I, I missed that part. So these this are entire all league. Schoolers. 16, 17, 18 entirely. That is it. Mm. Now, I, you know, you and I have had this talk about sweat equity and, uh, you know, they deserve it. Hey, this is their livelihood. I understand that. But now we're not talking about adults. We're talking about 16 year olds who are giving up everything in hopes of having a professional basketball career, whether it's in the NBA or anywhere else. And I think that there's just too many too many downfalls that can happen. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be pessimistic about it, it's but uh, it. Yeah, because the league is going to consist of the 30 total top players from across the world, not wow. just the U.S. The teams will not only play against each other, but against com uh, competitors from American prep schools and other countries. The total number of teams that will make up the league uh, has not been disclosed or where they're going to play. They want to play all in one city. Now, they have not announced this for women, only for the men. So right. well, uh, they're going to earn at least... 4% of women... Yeah. Is covered anyway. So, I mean, it's no money in it, Sherm. That's basically, no, that, you know, that's so they're going to monetize that, this thing, right? If they're giving out oh, absolutely. 100,000, you know, you know, dollar Guaranteed for the season. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, they're going to monetize it. And unfortunately, a lot of things are going to be lost in this process. Um, mm -hmm. It's already a lot of delusional um, families when it comes to sports in general. Oh, yeah. Of what yeah. it takes. And this is just going to compound that. Right. So um, it's it's going to be some things lost in this process because now um, not that I'm saying that college or anything is amateurism because I don't believe in that, you know, right. but I believe um, they're taking advantage of high schools who will be eliminating their athletic programs because we know that's happening right which i think is a mistake you know not to have athletics in curriculum of academia right um but you know it's it's going to be a money grab man it's it's it's, it's really i want to see it play out i don't want to jump on my skis so early and not have all the details because this is just breaking news to me mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. collectively i like to get my thoughts together at a, at a different time and really kind of digest what they're trying to offer. But I, I see the void that they're trying to fill. I, uh -huh. I see that. But, you know, as I look at this, uh, first of all, you know what, let me ask you, if your son <clears throat> had a chance at this, would you have considered it? If he really wanted to do it, 
Well, I mean, at, at the age of 16, when you're in high school, you you know, obviously, and he committed to Gonzaga early. You already knew he had the future there. Right. But if this opportunity had presented itself, would you have considered this for him? Um, probably not, because he already do that every summer, you know, playing in uh, AAU. I mean, that's the top teams, the top players. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, I think it's a healthy balance of enjoying your youth and pursuing your dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not for sure. You know, um, the, the, the difference for me in my structure, you know, I don't have to live vicariously through my son, right, and his dreams. And But I understand that majority of the young athletes are from single-parent homes, right? So I, I get that, um, the demographic. So... And I get the need because this is sometimes your way out of a bad situation. And $100,000 for a family that's in a bad situation financially makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. it makes sense, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's, it's a really, really tough, um, you know, for me to knock it. Or support it without all the details, mm-hmm. but I see where the temptation could be for those to try to to do this. You know, it's it's, it's monetizing it, and you know, I, I get it. Some some kids don't have a great college career, right? So some kids' best years are in high school, right? So I, I see where the business structure is in the model. I just don't know what the level of competition far as skill set and ability will be, right? Mm-hmm. Because, right. you know, that's where I think the game is, is lacking. You know, it's lacking in skill set. And one of the biggest skill sets that it's lacking in is shooting, right? I mean, so, and that's just my opinion. People may... Sure. No, no, you're you absolutely know, correct. I mean, it's... Feel, you know, so... Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so and, and then in grassroots, the difference in basketball in my opinion is we celebrate athleticism but not skill set. And then when we get to college, right, we focus on developing the skill set for those who don't have it, but then they can't shoot. I, I've heard and looked at a lot of the NBA um scouts and I'm looking at kids that are on the list and I won't name names because I'm not here to tear down any kids, but they say all these great things, and then they say, oh, he has to work on his three-point shooting. Well, mm-hmm. when I was college recruiting, if you couldn't shoot, they said don't recruit. So how can you be a top-nine pick if you can't hit three-pointers consistently? Yeah. Who, do you know anybody who doesn't need to work on their three-point yeah. shot? Yeah. Everybody needs to work on their right. shooting. But, but we, know they don't, be we know they don't shoot at the level that it takes for international or, or NBA. We, we know that. That's a certain level. Right, right. Right? So, I mean, and we also know that athleticism dissipates, right? Mm-hmm. And shooting never never dies. You know, it's great when shooting travels, right? So, it's guys like Ray Allen that extended their career, Jared mm-hmm. Dudley, right, who extended yeah, their yeah. career, right? Because, everybody, everybody shoots three-pointers because now. Because they can shoot, G- right? 
Giannis took a bunch of them last night. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter who you are. Right. <laughs> Everybody's shooting three-pointers. So I just don't know how you can be a top anything if you can't shoot it in consistently. Right, right. But, you know, the game is changing, and I guess it's evolving, and I guess maybe this is what it is. But I can remember when one and Dunn's first came out, and then two or three, you know, two years after that, you know, the league skill set was kind of trash, right? And games took longer, right? Because, you yeah, know, yeah. And the games were low scoring at that point. And then they start freeing up what you can do defensively and everything else, right? Because of the skill set mm-hmm. was lacking. So I, I yeah. don't know. But to your point, you know, parents at the grassroots level, you know, um, are different because of the different demographics. And basketball is unique. And I can mm-hmm. see some real um, – Deception. I could see some real um, vindictiveness. There'll be, yeah, there'll be there, people are going to be taking advantage oh, of some of these kids. Man, oh, yeah. it's, it's already but, being done now, and it's not have anything to do with AU. It's people. It's adults, right? Preying yeah. on families who are ignorant to the fact of their ability and, and what they're mm-hmm. capable of. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and what it says here is in lieu of a traditional high school curriculum, right. the le- the league will offer an academic program that focuses on financial literacy, media training and social justice advocacy. So, obviously not traditional, not math, English, science, stuff like that. These are these are actually I I guess they're, you know, what you need to know in today's world. You need to know financial literacy, Media training and social justice advocacy. Three really big things. These are real world problems, not necessarily problems, but yeah. But, so, but you the, know, the, I, the, the key difference is nothing in the world works in those rims. So okay. it's not functional. Mm-hmm. Those are okay. addition to. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is not functional, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds okay, great, so, right? But it's. You know, it's supplemental, mm-hmm. right? It's, okay. it's, it's very, very supplemental. So getting away from the core competencies that our world is really defined on will have them lost as adults. Okay. I know I that's pretty deep. but No, no, no. It makes, it makes total sense. And, you know, in best case scenario, you've got, let's say you've got a player who joins this league at 16, stays in the league through, the, uh, through his 18-year-old season. Right. And at that point has to go pro, wherever, whether it's in the NBA or Europe or wherever, because there's no other option. There's no, college is out. High school is out. They can go as a student, but they can't play their sport. Right. Because, they, yeah, they would have already been a professional. Right. But what happens if they don't sign with a team? What happens if there's an injury? Right. You know, what I mean, happens all if All of those things are a factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also think that um, all sports should be just like, you know, baseball. So NCAA doesn't have a problem with baseball players signing and, and going to play baseball right so we, we yeah after we a certain see, age right yeah. right yeah. so i think you know it's a little um slighted there for some of the sports that are african-american or minority dominated right um okay so we need to relook and rethink that as well but for me a better business model would be for them to actually go to a trade school something that they can immediately impact their family 
in their right. life. And learn, yes, and learn something useful. Right. I guess a skill set right. that uh, can I be see. right now. Okay, if it had that component, I'll be more inclined to be like, okay, that makes sense, mm-hmm. because now after you graduate high school, you can immediately go and be electrician. You can immediately go and be right. a, um, um, a welder um, in cosmetology, whatever the sure. case may be, and, and actually sure. be a business owner, construction, right? Real mm-hmm. estate, things that you can immediately go and make an impact because at the end of the day, if you don't get signed with a team, right? then you're going to need to take care of yourself. So why wait another four years, right, when you could have got a skill, you know, you could acquire a skill set that would allow you to be functional as you're doing whatever else you want to do. Right, right. Yeah. So um, and I was looking at this as well. I don't think that it's possible to do a league like this with any other sport. No, this it's, is the it's, only really sport tough. I think. It's really tough. If to it's going to work, yeah. If it's going to work, oh, it's going to work. Sport. It's going to work. You think? It, it's, you think it's going to be successful? It's going to. It's going to be a scouting hub for sure, because they're going to make money off of content, media rights, streaming. Oh, now yeah, I didn't say it's going to work for the end user, which is that. No, athlete. that's that's yeah, that's <laughs> no. what I mean. Uh, yeah, they're going to figure out a way to make yeah. the, the league money, obviously, yeah. but. I don't. I, I don't think it's a good idea for the for the player for the kid. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, even if you get through this at 18, it doesn't mean you're ready to make the jump to professional basketball. No, it doesn't. I mean, basketball is very comprehensive. There's a lot of guys that's in the D League, overseas, or whatever don't get a chance to um, show their uh, their their skill set on in, in the three letters, right? In the NBA, right? right? And that's mm-hmm, probably the mm-hmm. most lucrative. But that doesn't mean that you can't go to the Europe, Europe League and make a great living. I mean, it's millions mm-hmm. of dollars everywhere, right? Yeah, plenty of guys but, go over there. Yeah. You know, and tax-free <laughs> and some write-offs, right? Also, and yeah, some perks, also. You know, so, but I just think that um, it's hard to tell families who are under the poverty line that this is not a great opportunity, you know? Right. When they right. go to their refrigerators, right, and there's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. You know, when they don't have, when they live in day-to-day, when, you know, their neighborhood doesn't um, support them and programs doesn't support them in the right direction, you know. I mean, I can just imagine, you know, I was young, raising a family. Me and my wife was 21 when we got married, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you middle class... You got you have no program, sure. You either have to be dead broke or, or making money. Um, yeah, the middle yeah. class you you don't you overqualify for the programs that make it help you if you're a young uh, parent. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the realities, right? So yeah, yeah, you're kind of stuck. In, yeah, in the middle. So if you yeah. three three kids into it and one kid can make a hundred thousand dollars, right? While you making under minimum wage, I think you throw them in the league, right? And, and but that doesn't mean it's the right thing, sure. But I'm just saying this is, uh, th- this is this is the structure of America, man. Yeah, I think it's a terrible idea for the kid. Yeah. Period. Oh well, the, I'm only the kid, I'm only thinking of the of the athlete. I said so for for the top one percent, maybe not, right? Maybe not. And, and the reason why I say this is it's something that's way more powerful than their basketball skill set, and that's their markability. 
Yeah. Whenever, absolutely. Whenever yeah. an organization feel like they can make money off of you, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. So some of these kids are getting the bump to the league, to the NBA that I'm speaking about, right? Not because of their skill set and how great they are, but their marketability. Marketability, yeah. Four million followers because they're influencers, right? So that's booty and seats filling arenas yeah, but, at the end of the day. Yeah, but you know what? They have to sustain their play in order to sustain their marketability. Right. No, absolutely. Because if they're not in the league because they suck, then right. okay, the but league nobody benefits. But the trade-off is benefits. if you one through five, you're not walking away with less than, you know, well, I think um, Zion contract last year was, you know, it yeah. topped, what, $44 million? Yeah, something like that. So, but do you know there's plenty of draft busts that are top of absolutely, the Absolutely, you know. but what they're saying is the money, even though we know it's not um, completely their net worth, is enough to suffice, right, if it's put away in the right direction. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And and But, you know, going back to this league, it says here the only, only the top 30 players from around the world, right. actually. And so, uh, you know, it seems to me that if you're 16, 17, 18, and you're good enough to be in this league, you can play at any elite college in any country. Right. So let's say, yeah, let's say you're going to have your offers to the Blue Bloods. It would be better to go there, you know, graduate high school, go there for a year, be a one and done. At least you'll have that level of competition. Now you're 19. Maybe you're more marketable. Maybe your skills are better. Maybe the NBA or whoever is more interested in you than when you were 16 or 17. Right. I, it just it doesn't seem like there's a win-win situation here for anybody, but the people running the league, the marketers, the Absolutely. agents. The end the, user the, is going to be abused at some point, no doubt about it, depending on who's smart and who's savvy in their cap, right? So the deals right. would be kind of made differently. But I, the only silver lining I see in this is that it makes the NCAA, right, step up their game and really mm-hmm. invest into these colleges, into these conferences the way they should. Okay. Now, there's a caveat here because this company, Overtime, that's fronting this league, right. here's, where it gets, here's where it gets interesting, was created in 2016. It publishes basketball highlights, right. interviews with players from all levels of sports and original content, including a series following top 2023 recruit Mikey Williams. Right. Now. Here's where it gets interesting because this company, Overtime, has investors that are Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant. Absolutely. So the NBA and and late NBA commissioner David Stern. So they were already in on this idea. Absolutely. So this idea is already backed by the NBA and the players who are investing in this Absolutely, league. because that prevents them, that, that allows them to continue to filter one and dones, right? So this is the deal, right? So the, the biggest problem with, with NBA scouts and organizations is that they didn't have enough scouts at the grassroots level, right, to monitor these kids to know if their investment was going to be solid or not, right, right because right. of these busts. So if they can have a league like Overtime do all the hard work, right, get all the video, get all the content, you know, get it in sports code, get it in synergy, actually see these guys, I'm sure some NBA dudes – will probably be coaches, right? So they can run mm-hmm. NBA sets, right? So yep. they can make a great decision on their investment. That's really what it is. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. And for your troubles, we'll give you a hundred grand to figure out if we want to give you five million a year or six million a year. But it's gonna even be more than that because we know that gambling is prevalent, right? Um yeah. in this thing and um it's gonna be added, you know, to the NBA. No doubt about it. 
No doubt okay. about it. We we see okay. it on Sports Center more and more and more, right? Yeah, that's true. Bad beats. You know, we got yeah, problems. yeah, all yeah. that, right? It's all booking, right? Yeah, uh, and in, in Major League Baseball, across the outfield wall, they're promoting some casino. Uh, the commercials in between, uh, you know, uh, during timeouts right. have all these local casinos and betting and, and and fantasy sports now, and so it's it's very. It's going to be a part of the CBA over. here shortly, probably coming up. Yeah. So yeah. that means the revenue, TV deals, and everything else is getting bigger, right? The players were yeah. sharing that. So Absolutely. monster contracts we're seeing now is going to be the norm. You know, do okay. get three hundred million going to be the norm yeah. here shortly. Yeah, but you know, I look at this league. It's a professional league. They're paying their players. Right. Why do they have a limit as to what the players can earn? The players are going to have agents. Why is it $100,000? Are they even allowed to do that? Or, well, I mean, you can, yeah, you can do anything now with them owning their own likeness. Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm saying is in the NBA, as an example, you're, in professional sports, you're not allowed to have collusion. Uh, you know, you, you you get an agent, you market yourself, you do the best that you can and make as much money as you can. As you said, $300 million contracts are going to be the norm. Why is this a league that says all you can make is 100000 No matter how great you are, you're an 18-year-old player, you're going to the NBA, you're the number one pick, but we're only going to pay you 100000 in this league. Right, because they know a scarcity in, in this thing, right? They know that it's people who are thirsty. Let's just keep it that way, right? Let's use the street terms. That's what it is, right? All right. So if they cap it, now everybody knows there's so many hands being greased. It's a budget, man. Mm. Your biggest expenditure is always payroll, right? So if you know exactly how much you're you're making and you got your payroll capped, then everything over top of that expense, right, Mm -hmm. is gravy. Mm -hmm. Trust me, ESPN will be covering that league. Oh, absolutely. I'm advocating for the players, though. Right. No, I'm I'm with you. Like, why would you put a cap or a limit? So I'm sure at some point, since they can get paid for their likeness, they're saying that your base salary is probably going to be 100K. But if you can get deals outside of that. Yeah, they're there. They've mentioned that. You can do that. So, you know, it's it's players who play with Adidas, Nike Circuit, UA Circuit, you know, and then, you know, maybe it makes it legal for those companies to endorse those guys who have a lot of followers, right, who are influencers, right, and they would make more money off of that, right? So I can see some dudes making $500,000 upward to a million dollars playing this thing, doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The president of this company is a cat named Aaron Ryan, who's also going to be the commissioner of the league. And he makes an interesting point because he says, quote, playing college basketball is great for some. But let's recognize the fact that they play over 10,000 hours of basketball for free. And that's your sweat equity, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that is a fact, but it's not accurate. It's incomplete. How do you mean? They don't get directly compensated, but they get indirectly compensated, right? Yeah, in college, you know, you get scholarships, of course. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Very, very well. Yeah, they're taken care of. They're taken care of very well. They got all expenses paid. You know, it's uh, that makes sense. It just comes down to: Do you want your money directly to you? You know. Yeah. That's you know. So you know, but I mean, so I mean. That's what they're saying. I, I do believe that every kid shouldn't have to go to college 
to earn a living. That's not what America was built on, right? Right. We're, we're really We've talked about that. Built on barter and trade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, ownership's the best, the best, you know, solution if you have it. A lot of us have inherited things. There's lineage and things of that nature. But, I mean, for some, this is where it's at. I just don't think that um, the alternative, as you speaking about for the athlete, has been thought out completely because those three buckets don't get you paid outside of high school. There's very few diversity inclusion positions, right? What's the other one you said? You said social justice, right? Uh, yeah, let me, okay. let me see that. Financial, uh, gosh, I can't recall. We don't have a lot of initiatives in corporate, <clears throat> corporate you know, uh, corporate America for those initiatives for that, for diversity and inclusion and those things, right? We don't have right, a lot. Right. And you right. said, this. what was the other ones? Uh, uh, gosh, I can't. Oh, financial literacy. Right. What does Me- that really mean? Yeah. Okay. That, that can well, be Well, you know, you've got there. Okay. But, oh, and before I forget, media training and social justice advocacy, but financial literacy, it is a well-known story that there are, uh, you know, uh, Anthony and uh, Anton, uh, was it Anton Walker? The other guy, uh, right. gosh, I can't remember which right. one who played for the Celtics. Right. They made $140 million yes. and were flat broke. Yeah. But, because but, when you all of a sudden overnight yeah. have all that money, you, you know, Come you're on. buying houses Sherm, and ice Sherm, and cars. Sherm, do, not be, your do not family believe up. in that. Do not believe in that. That's that's a joke. Okay, it's a it, joke. It, they, it listen, happens, but they only had, here and there. But here's the deal: all of these guys you're talking about had financial planners, man. You, when yeah, you and they were also taken advantage of, of, right? But that don't yeah. have anything with your financial literacy when you trust in someone else. You trusted them to have a fiduciary duty to take care of your responsibilities, and they wasn't checking the checker. But that doesn't. You, you can be smart, but that don't mean you understand compound interest. That means you understand carry forwards in, in budgets and, you know, different things of that nature, right? You can have a working means and understanding. You have that. It's called business mathematics. Everyone learns that in high school, right? But it's the other things that they got involved in that they didn't understand. Financial literacy by itself doesn't make you know how to grow money, and that's what they got into trouble with, Right. They gave their money to people who said and promised that they would grow the money, right? And they did. They just didn't benefit from it because they didn't know how to put checks and balances over those folks who were supposedly growing their money mm-hmm. in aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, models, right? Right. Where they yeah. ended up broke. That's mm-hmm. what that has to do with it. So we can say, hey, you know, the ice and the houses and the cars and the fancy, you know, things in life. But they asked their financial advisor who was growing their money, and they probably got an advance, right, that they had to pay back, sure, mm-hmm. because they didn't understand how that works. Right. Listen, the same thing happens for broke folks in America and all over this country. It's called check cashing places. You mm-hmm. get an advance on your check, right, yeah. at a hundred and some odd percent, right? Right. The biggest trap. Yeah. Same yeah. things happen. Okay? The same things happen. But besides you driving a Bugatti, the other dude's driving a Pinto. <laughs> same thing, though. Same concept. Right. Where's the okay. financial literacy there? No, right. So, well, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it called makes total people, sense. Man. Yeah, it makes total sense. Right? So, so I, I just, mean, but I'm with you on this. 
Sherm, I don't think it's set up for the end user, but when has it ever been? I do think it's things that need to be explained a little bit more, but we know who's getting paid. Yeah, right? college basketball just went through a huge scandal right. with Book Richardson and Sean Miller and right. Louisville and all these right. coaches that are and, – and Adidas and steering and they players were the to end, certain programs. They were the end users because they wasn't the one making all the money. It was chump chains compared to what they were making in their salary. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. But somebody had to pay. So who was expendable? There you go. If you got more dirt, then you hang around a little bit longer. Maybe that's why Sean Miller's around. That is my new Sean Harris quote that I put at the bottom of all of my reports. Uh oh. If you if you got if you got enough dirt, you hang around longer. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to do a little research on Sean Harris and see <laughs> what I can come up with. I'll I, I make sure I can send it to you in a cryptic file. This, okay. You know? Are you pretty? I hope you're pretty squeaky clean. Man, I put all my checks in bitcoins, man. I'm, I got to do okay. a deep dive. I'm going to do a deep dive you know, on hey, Sean Harris. Here's the deal. Like, we need to start getting into this NFT for real. Okay? That's the new wave. You think? Oh, it's the new wave for sure. All right. All right. Because we could talk a lot about it. We may have to wait for another uh, podcast Absolutely. before we talk about but, but that. But listen, that's financial literacy too, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, understanding how you move a dollar and and the whole thing about ownership, right? Yep. So it's okay. it's gonna be tricky, but I see overtime getting into a space to your point that's been well, well, well thought of mm-hmm. and invested in, right? So hmm. I think I you know, there are probably a lot of folks out there that don't know what NFT is, but oh. we we can we can yeah. we can save that for another yeah, we'll podcast because that yeah that's a long one you know we're yeah. talking about bit Bitcoin and it, yeah etc. So uh, we'll certainly talk more about that the non fungible trades yes so, or token yeah okay hey it's the it's the it's the it's the new wave yeah it probably is especially uh, if you're a is. content creator and you got a little bit of leverage mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, that's going to be an interesting podcast I can tell you right now we got a lot to talk about there. Hey, Sean, as always, this was a fun one. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. We had a great guest on today uh, and um, our uh, captain of our soccer team. And uh, as always, uh, we had some great stuff to talk about. Nudist Colony. We went from Nudist Colony to talking about a basketball league for uh, kids in high school. Only you can pull that off, sir. You know what? We we covered a lot of ground today. A lot of ground today. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we don't dig it. As long as we don't yeah. dig the ball in volleyball, I think we'll be good. Yeah, we're doing yeah. all right today. All Absolutely. right. Hey, thanks again. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no hog. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope. Thinking, will I live another 24? I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a 
red light Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight And everything is alright I got a beat from Kim And she could do it all night Called up the homies and I'm asking y'all Which part are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court and I'm troubled Last week messed around and got a triple-double Freaking brothers everywhere